Welcome everyone to Fitness and Stuff. This is Zach B. We are here with Cody King. Finally, after he was supposed to be in the last one, he is now here. Uh, we are going to give him a little interview. Uh, we're going to discuss our few topics we have today. First one's going to be the cell phones in the gym. Uh, second one's going to be where the NBA is, the state of it, um, just kind of how, how it's changed over the past five years. And also the big contracts this past week, uh, a couple of big names, Khalil Mack and Aaron Rodgers with their big contracts. Haven't seen that very lately. So uh, we're going to discuss on that. But first we are going to obviously start with the man of the hour, Cody King. Hey, how's everyone doing out there? It's good to be here. I know last week was a little uh, messy, couldn't come on the show, but it's good to be here this week. All right, well, about time you're here because... We definitely missed you last week. So first, we're just going to kind of start off here with asking you just kind of what your background is, where you're from, how long you've been here in Fort Myers, uh, just the kind of whole background of uh, who you are and what you do. Well, uh, I'm 24 years old. I was raised and born in Minnesota. Moved down here to Fort Myers when I was around 14. Moved here in around eighth grade. Went to uh, Lexington for middle school and then finished out my high school years at Cypress Lake High School here locally. Played basketball there. Became a coach afterwards. Uh, it's kind of turned into like what I do now. I'm now a skill development trainer for basketball. Doing pretty well. You know, there's a lot of talent in this area. A lot of kids are hungry. It's good. Uh, it's a good place to be right now. Yeah. So you've been for you've been here for how long now? Uh, it's been eight, nine years since I moved here, I believe. Yeah, yeah, because I met you freshman year, so it's been quite a yeah, while. We met back, yeah, when I moved down here, and we lived in the same neighborhood, ended up moving re uh, after a few years, moved right down the road from you, actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I remember uh, back at the basketball court, skateboard and all, yeah, shoot half-court shots. Yeah, mm -hmm. I definitely was not a basketball player when you met me. I was definitely more of a skateboarder. I used to dance. Football was kind of my passion back then basketball was just well there was a court in the neighborhood and I kind of wanted to make some friends and I saw someone up there shooting some hoops you know I decided to come on down and try to meet some new people and there I met you so. well I remember when uh we even after we played basketball you started uh we started throwing a football around you really got into football and you tried out for a year how'd that go though so yeah I went to I was initially going to South Fort Myers High School but I found out that their football program was pretty good like they have a pretty high you know win to lose ratio they're they always had athletes coming in and out at that time Sammy Watkins now in the NFL was at the school setting records for track and it was football and I also thought that you know maybe for being a first-time sport you know guy and joining a team I should probably go somewhere that the level of you know skill and athleticism was somewhere else a little bit lower so I found out you know cyber Lake high school you know was like the worst school in the area and uh in middle school i tried out for sports and i didn't make any teams so you know i was just going to like the one school i knew if i went there it was like guaranteed to spawn so the team. you were good there you yeah good. so i just wanted the opportunity to play man i really didn't it's not like i knew i loved anything really crazy i just had like a passion to play i was always playing in my neighborhoods i just never committed to actually joining a team and you know playing well, it's good, too, because you ended up switching to basketball pretty quickly, and uh, you got pretty good at it, too. So I mean, yeah, you even could vouch for me. Like, when you first met me, did I play basketball? Nothing. You were not even a lick. Like, you just you could tell you did not ever really play any type of organized basketball whatsoever. Yeah, I would go to the court and, you know, shoot half-court shots, like you said. Yep. And it wasn't really anything that I took serious, you know, and going to Cyprus football seasons in the fall basketball is in the winter so i got to experience football for the first time i played on the team uh played middle linebacker somehow don't know why i definitely didn't like hitting people and then on the offensive side of the ball they put me at receiver and running back and again i don't like getting hit i don't like hitting <laughs> other people so i was wide receiver for quite a while and we didn't have a quarterback i played freshman it's not like i was playing varsity or jv where the uh, like the athletes were actually skilled and you know the players knew what they were doing we we're just a bunch of kids that you know pretty much put on pads just and throw the football around just throwing the football around <laughs> and hitting each other so like I didn't really like it It was a bad taste for me and you know one thing that I kind of stay away from is you know having 
to always get hit, 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 hit in football, like, I knew I wasn't going to do anything with it later on in my life. So taking those hits and everything and the, like, the the open possibility of just getting injured at any moment and, you know, having your cleat dig in the ground a certain way and you get hit a different direction and concussions and stuff like that, plus the heat down here in Florida, just wasn't really my cup of tea. Not a good combination yeah. for you. Yeah. So basketball's indoors and... You know, Cyprus really was terrible, and anyone that tried out for the freshman team made the team. So I went out to try basketball, uh, made the team, didn't start. I could barely get up and down the court, dribbling a basketball. It was ugly. But you go back to our games, you could find any tape. We were terrible. Yeah. We, we used to get beat like 10 to like, I don't know, 40, 50. We would just get destroyed. I think we lost one game that, that season, freshman and uh, we lost for like eighty to Fort Myers, That's but we insane. played. But we played their JV team, I believe, as freshmen. But, anyways, but yeah, I, I definitely did not think that basketball would take me to where it has today. It's well, definitely, you know, found a way in my heart, and you know, I, I'm very prideful with it, and something I take a lot of. Like, I don't know, it's not just time and care, but it's like almost like a responsibility now. Like I've gotten to the point where. A lot of stuff I do and a lot of kids I work with, things work out really well for them. And they get uh, opportunities to go to the next level and, you know, continue their education as well. And being able to play something that they love as well. And it's kind of like a thing that's basketball turns into something that I can kind of like touch lives here and there. And, you know, be able to help, you know, young kids and athletes and maybe some kids and head in the wrong directions. Give them some type of not really a distraction, but a different pathway to, you know, get rid of your anger like an outlet yeah 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 definitely yeah i remember right when you made that transition from football to basketball that first year was a struggle but you kept your head down man that after that you were just you got better and better every year didn't matter how how tall you were how strong you were how fast you were you just got better and better yeah so speaking of that just in general like basketball you think tall you know athletic like long guys how tall am i zach Five, four, and three quarters. If that, that's with <laughs> shoes. That's like with shoes. But yeah, I definitely picked a sport that definitely did not, you know, go with me. Like right. I'm. The stereotype would say you would not be playing basketball you, right now. You walk into a gym and you see me standing next to anyone else. It doesn't matter anyone else. You're not going to expect me to play basketball. You better yet, train and coach. You know athletes that are elite high school players that are college ready players that are players that are trying to head overseas and you know I, I work with a lot of guys so you know you definitely would not expect that out of me but over the years you know you definitely it's not like I had someone to train me either right. so like back in the day when you met me freshman year I worked so you saw me those hours I put in you know outside courts yep. that heat crazy man we used to go down there with a cooler full of water bottles and gatorades and we'd be out there from eight in the morning to eight at night until they kicked us Just out shooting doing shooting, whatever we could doing whatever we could like we didn't even know what we were doing nope come, come not, from, at least not the first year <laughs> yeah thinking looking back on it from everything i've learned over the past you know eight to ten years i've kind of been here and we've been we've gotten to know each other and i've you know kind of worked my way into the basketball lifestyle there's a lot that goes into this sport that you don't even think about a lot and when you're so young you really don't have the guidance and you don't know exactly what's all going on and it would have been you know huge if I would have had you know maybe someone to work with or coaches that were a little bit more dedicated because in this area it's very hard for coaches to really dig and they'll spend a lot of time with programs because the county around here doesn't spend a lot of money to help coaches you know pay their stipends and their like expenses you know i don't think i'm i'm able to tell you how much lee county pays you know stipends wise for you know coaching positions but you don't even get your gas it's not covered. that much it, you don't even no. get your gas covered for <laughs> yeah. the whole season so you know it's a lot of, it's pretty much just volunteer work you're doing it for the kids it's you're doing it because you love the sport and you want to see others you know succeed as well it, it's hard to find, you know, good programs. That's why the kind in this area, I think basketball is in the wrong direction. You can't find guys that are willing to stay at the programs for a long time. You end up getting guys that stay there for two, three years, and either they don't like the bunch of kids they have, and they're not willing to stick around, or the school doesn't like the direction, and they don't like losing so much. But, you know, the level of 
kids the level of skill around here it's not where it needs to be it needs definitely need to be elevated and that's a huge window you know there's definitely some spots and schools that are doing the right things but for the most part there's a lot of schools out there that are just running around with their heads like on fire they don't know what they're doing it's dribbling a, and shooting yeah but yeah i know like from when you graduated high school and you were thinking about going to college and you didn't but then you <laughs> from that i'm not even get into that not right now <laughs> but that gap from when you graduated until you kind of started getting really serious into training you learned literally i f- i feel like you've learned way more in those in those couple years than you did in your whole career in high school yeah so definitely in high school i was you know i was working hard and i was you know putting the hours in but i was doing a lot of the wrong stuff and i didn't know what i was doing really i thought i was doing the right things you know you'd watch videos on youtube or you'd see someone do a a drill and you would try to mimic it or you try to you know go back home and you try doing the driveway or whatever but you know for the most part like you saw me for the for those years i was in high school and what i trained with i took cones out i put them in the driveway i would dribble down you know main roads where there wasn't a sidewalk so if i lost the ball i lost the ball forever yeah. if i if it hit a car like yeah i gotta deal with the guys you know hitting their car but that ball's gone that got i don't have a bunch of basketballs I, my parents really my parents were supportive of whatever I did, but they weren't that supportive of basketball just because I was so kind of behind, you know, jumping in freshman year, but also the height difference and, right. you know, it just not being... So as, many variables. Yeah. So it's not like I didn't have support of my family because my family supports me through everything. They're a great support system. They cheer me on. They're at all my games, but they weren't really willing to put in as much money. I and mean, it's not like my parents were there, you know, rebounding for me. And it's not like I had a huge group of friends. And I wasn't the most social guy back in high school, so, you know, I should have been, you know, more communicative with my teammates, and I should have been trying to do more as, a, as like, a unit and trying to build that chemistry, but as someone that didn't play sports, and I was just jumping into right. stuff, I just wanted to play, so just, yeah, just I, I just didn't know, and now taking a, back, it's a step back from it and being able to, you know, kind of, like, view my whole, you know, kind of progress I made and where I made the biggest jump in my progress and why and things like that, and it was actually after high school that I've gone, like, the uh, just the knowledge side of basketball and just learning how much there truly is behind the game. Because a lot of guys are like, oh, you know, the fundamentals, triple thread, you know, pump fake, you know, pass, you know, layup, right hand, left hand. Like, that's just scratching the surface of stuff. And, you know, that's all I heard earlier in my, you know, basketball, you know, career, I guess you would say. Not that I really had a career because it was just high school and then I didn't go to college because off a few different reasons and you know now I've been training athletes for you know five almost six years now I've been coaching basketball for five or six years but I've only been graduated for six years which means I was coaching basketball right after right I after graduated out. Yep. yeah I was even coaching we were coaching youth basketball yep. while I was in, while I was in high school to gain yep. community service hours for a scholarship for the state of Florida so you know I've taken a lot of steps and there's definitely been a lot of different things and a lot of different spots I put myself in to gain the knowledge but I never had a mentor a, a trainer a, a coach that really took the time to ever like really work on stuff with me so I'm pretty much all self-made when it comes to this so I take like a lot of pride in that and like a lot of people you know might say what they have to say about stuff but you know what I'm doing works man like these kids are getting so much better kids are you know, athletically getting... They're progressing. It's, everything is heading in the right directions, and things are going really well right now. I can't complain. But yeah, definitely, right when we started doing Swiftle, I could see, like, the transition, that leadership kind of, like, getting over that hump and, like, starting to lead the kids that we were coaching, and you saw, like, the one or two kids that were that were that would pop out, and you could see they were either scoring or stepping up and doing their thing, but they would have their issues, like, things that you saw in yourself that you had when you started yeah definitely being able to start from scratch technically and not like being to say oh i was good at this age and then I, like i, I kind of lacked off for a little while and then i jumped back on it but as soon as i picked up a basketball I was i was 100 percent invested i was working my my butt off and you know you see that with a lot of kids you see you see their moments and you see you know things that remind you of your past and it brings back memories and you can kind of like know what they're going through so you can kind of talk to them about it and you guys can kind of be on the same level of things and they get that you know what they're going through so it's good being a little bit younger also as a trainer being able to you know also 
kind of, you know, just be more like. Well, you can there, relate there, to them a lot more. Yeah, there's that age gap that there's a lot of coaches, and you see them like 56 years old, and yep. you know the game's changed a lot. And yep. I know we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but you know, being a little bit younger, it's easier to, to like you said, relate to the kids, and also the play styles. And you know, some people are very stuck in the past, right? And, and you understand where it is yeah, and where it's going. And being you know a little bit newer to the game, you know that this game is ever changing. Yep. You know. Every season, someone could change the evolution of the game in a way. Yep. And the play style and the rules changes over time just off of players. Yep. Like, you know, Michael Jordan, AI, like the AI cross, for example. You know, AI used that cross for a few years, and then the league took it out. So the game's ever-changing, you know. They find things that work too well, they're going to cut them out. You know, the things aren't going really well, they're going to find a way to make it a little bit easier. So the game's ever-changing, and being open to that change is definitely huge. Right. And kids need to kind of understand that. You know, the game's changing. You can't just play one play style. you got to be pretty good at a lot of different things, especially now because kids are being one-sport athletes and they're picking their sports pretty young and they're working really hard for long periods of time. So kids that think that they, they're nice and they, they got something... you got more work to do. You're far behind what you think you're at. Yep. You know, there's a lot of kids that I think, think they've already made it and, you know, they they're nothing. sophomore juniors and they think, oh, I scored 20, 30 points once. Or yep. maybe a few times during the season. They think, but they oh, average like 8 or 10. It's not even that, but it's just having those few performances and those few instances of like immediate success that kind of like changes the mindset. They like the kid. quick hits. Yeah, they like that. It's kind of like, oh, I don't know how to, I wouldn't say it's like a withdrawals, but like. It's almost like, it's just like if you go to the casino and you hit big real quick. Right, you hit like two hundred dollar jackpot. You only spent ten bucks. You think you're a winner now. No, you you're, think a you're always going to so think you're a winner. They, you're so go back they, you time. go back and you spend more yeah. money and you lose it all. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of kids. I don't know if that's ex- was the, the greatest analogy, but just, I see a lot of kids now have so much immediate success, whether it's in youth leagues or practices or open gyms, or you're just like you're nice with it with your friends, and like your friends give you a bunch of props and. Everyone's like looking for clout nowadays. Everyone wants the followers. Everyone wants that instant gratification. But you got to understand, it takes like people say, ten thousand hours to master a craft. Nowadays, ten thousand hours might not even be enough to master the craft no. of basketball. You need more than that. So it's a lifestyle. Like I said, I'm part of that lifestyle. I, I live it. I breathe it. I eat it. I sleep it. It's it's part of me. It, it runs through my blood, through my veins, and everything. So I've made that that decision to make it my lifestyle. And it's, it's not easy to become, like, a dedicated athlete to a sport. No. There's a lot of work that goes into it, so. Definitely a big step. But um, also, since you're into, uh, obviously, you train a lot of kids, a lot of high school kids. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about, like, kids getting into sports at a, a, even a younger age than, like, the kids you're training, like, 14, 15-year-old kids? Like, what, what age do you think would be, like, ideal for these kids like for say just into basketball when they think when you think they should at least like get into it i mean i don't think any kid should be pushed into a sport i think you need to have that that want to play like desire you you should yeah the desire and like you want to have some love and pride behind it otherwise you're not really going to work truly as hard as you possibly can you're not going to get that that full potential that you have as an individual you're not going to get to it Right. So unless you truly love something and you see that passion, that drive, and that self-motivation for that sport, you might just want to just play around with sports, you know? Right. Kind of just play with your buddies or your parents or do a little youth league or the community league or the YMCA league. Don't go too crazy with it. You don't need to be shoving kids into training too young. But if you are you find out your son or daughter is you know, always dribbling a basketball or always carrying a football, kicking a soccer ball around, whatever it is, you know, maybe it's time to invest, you know? You know, once a week into a train. You don't have to go crazy. It's, it's not like you need to be shoving eight-year-olds five days a week into right, training. Yeah. But they do need to start getting ahead of the game a little bit sooner than later because I was, I was a little bit fortunate that I was able to kid it or get this attachment to the game of basketball young enough to where I had enough time to work right. really hard. And I had years to still, like, not perfect anything but get comfortable right. with things. Yep. So, and then there's kids that they get into high school now that they've played a little basketball, they've had a little success in youth leagues, they go out and try for the varsity team, they don't make it, and they get all pissed off because they've scored 30 right. points in a youth yeah. league, but they don't understand that. It's like, oh, I should have made the team. 
you probably don't work as hard. And right. then, you know, you might have scored 30 points on a bunch of 14-year-olds, but yep. you're playing varsity basketball now. You Different league. Make, you're not making the team anymore. Right. So, it, it's, it's hard, man. Yeah, so, I mean. It's hard to tell, like, what's the perfect age for a kid to start training. Right. We, no one really ever knows. But once you find that, that passion, you can see that they're going to devote themselves right. into it and they're going to give it their all that's when i think you should start you know maybe you know thinking about getting some extra work in with a tutor i guess in a way yeah i mean i definitely agree with the whole like don't push your kids into stuff because like i played pop football when i was a kid i tried it for like a couple months and my dad didn't really push me into it but i kind of felt like he wanted me to play it because he played football yeah. and it just wasn't for me so like I mean, I did that when I was, like, 11, so I definitely, like, got away from that because I wasn't into it, so that I got into basketball. So, I mean, I definitely grew with that. Um, another thing, too, is, like, work ethic. Like, a lot of people will talk about how, like, millennials nowadays don't have work ethic. Like, technically, we're kind of like millennials, but, I mean, I don't consider us that because it's the stereotype. Like, everyone says, oh, they don't have the work ethic, they don't have the drive, they don't have this, they don't have that. But just in, just in the, I don't talk about the whole general statement, but just in the kids that you trained or that you've coached what do you think of the work ethic that they have and like how it developed or how it made it got worse well like i, I stated previously you kind of want to start taking that extra step of getting that train after you see a little bit of you know that motive that self-motivation and that sport in your child all right so once you've seen most of the kids i've 99 of the kids i've worked with i believe their parents have had that experience where They've seen their kid love the sport. They're working hard at it. You know, they spend extra time, you know, going to the neighborhood core getting shots up. So I think a lot of the kids I've worked with have had that natural, that that want to play, that, right. that want the to passion, get better. The passion, desire. Yeah, it's there. So I've definitely seen over the years, though, the kids I've worked with, it's fallen off. And right. I think it's very easy to get distracted nowadays. Because yep. let's just take, when I grew up, I didn't get a cell phone until I was... 16 years old, I don't think. Yep. Kids are getting cell phones now at 10, 8, eight? Yeah. yeah, iPhones. You know, some parents, and it's not just back in the day when we got a phone, it was yeah. different than when you get a phone nowadays. Yeah. Nowadays, I had a little get, flip phone. I had like the Nokia blue. <laughs> yep. You had a played you, Snake. I don't even think mine had games. <laughs> I think you, but the hardest thing back in the day was you'd rather call people than yep. text people. Yep. Nowadays, it's so easy to text, and it's very hard to get even just a normal phone call with anyone yep. nowadays. And I think that kind of hurts kids, and more than just sports related i think it hurts them in like communication oh skills. yeah i don't think kids are open to talking to people and being just friendly to people right. i think unless the so can, the social activity has definitely gone down i'm not even getting into the social media activity right because yeah. when we're talking about you know personally just, i mean yeah because i didn't experience any of the social media until i right. was you know midway through high school yeah. or early high school right but we didn't have the access of all that stuff on our phones we had it on computers so right. we weren't distracted throughout our whole entire right. day it was more toward like my at least my like like junior senior year when like it started getting big on the, on the phone with iphones and everyone started going big into that so i would imagine it's about the same with you so so i think the one of the biggest hurtful things for millennials is the cell phone yeah. i think a lot of it is it's you're so quick to look at it you're, yep as soon as you sit down no one just sits down and just sits anymore you don't nope. just sit and think you don't sit and listen to music or anymore. sit and you, talk to somebody yeah you don't go home and you don't want to call someone. You right. go home and you're on your phone swiping through Instagram, liking whoever you think is cute or yep. whatever you think is fun or whatever is going watching, viral at the moment. Watching mode. YouTube videos. Yeah, you're watching YouTube videos of, you know, Fortnite players. You know, Fortnite's yep. getting pretty big. So, yeah. and but I do think the biggest thing for millennials when it comes to kids that are working, uh, that are working with sports and they're training and stuff it can be a great thing having this, you know, social media device and the cell phone, but it also can be a thing that kind of hithers your growth potentially because I work with some kids that between every rep we're in the weight room, they pick up their phone, they're looking, yep. you know, they're as soon as we are on a water break, they're going to their phone. So now I've had to cut phones from workouts and training. It's a good I, idea though. It's been too much of a distraction. I think, yep. you know, their reps aren't going quick enough. You're, you're missing time between your lifting sets. That's, you know, time for you to get a bigger pump or you know a harder yep. little you know lift and you know tear those muscles a little bit but if you're taking too long in between your sets because you're looking at you know who who's on instagram that and one text turns into four or five. Oh, i just gotta text my mom yeah i think she knows you're in training right now yeah. she's paying for it i think it can wait right. so you know i think kids are a little 
I think kids get away with a little bit too much as well. I don't right. think kids are, you know, held to a certain much. standard anymore right. when it comes to, you know, I don't know, maybe even being respectful in certain situations right. in a way. Because right. I'll be talking to some of my clients and my players and, you know, they'll talk to their parents and they're on their phones while they're talking to their parents, not even making eye contact. I was going to get into that because I remember when I used to sit, like, at the t- at the dinner table with my parents or I would just be sitting, like, in the living room and I'd t- put my phone on just to check something, even if it's, like, a score on a basketball game or a football game or if I'm just texting someone, my dad would give me the look yeah. and say, put that phone down, like, right now. I mean, once I did get a phone, phones weren't allowed at the dinner table. Yep. And still to this day, if I go over to my parents' house, there's no phones allowed nope. at the dinner table. Yeah, mine either. The TV's not on. We eat dinner together as a family. We talk about our days. Yep. Man, I, I think that's one thing my family did do that I don't think every family does. I, don't know, I think it It's gone be, away more and more. Yeah, I think that's something that should be brought back. I definitely want to do that with my kids. I want to hear what my kids' day were like. I want to know what you know, was going through their lives. and It helps relationships and just, like, overall, like, just in, in general, it just helps, like people that like the people like need to vent or just talk about something like it helps that i mean i work with like i I used to coach so i've worked with kids for long periods of time throughout the years and i've spent a lot of hours around kids and we go places and i've seen them interact and kids are kind of even scared to order their own food nowadays just because of a talking thing they'd rather you know order it online and pick it up not deal with anyone or go to the new touch screens at mcdonald's and just do that think about it when it comes and i'm not trying to make everything i talk about relate back to basketball but it does relate because when it comes to basketball you need to have communication skills to talk to your teammates whether it's in the middle of a play or in a timeout or just you know being a good teammate and knowing how to talk to one person because a lot of times i think kids they get so emotionally invested and they get so riled up and they forget that tone has a lot to do with communication. Yep. A lot, a lot of the time, what you're saying may be right, but your tone may be wrong. Exactly. And you can be coming off way too aggressive. And let's say, Zach, let's say you dribble the ball off your leg. Yep. You're kind of mad about that, right? Oh, definitely, yeah. So me coming at you is just going to make you more It's going to make it worse. So way worse. what's better? Me coming at you a little loud going, why you dribble off your leg, blah, blah, blah. Or me coming over you, it's all good, we'll get it back. You know, let's work on this next play. Let's, you know, we'll make it up somewhere, you yep. know. And I think just that alone could help a lot of kids. But I don't think there's a lot of guys out there that are willing to take the time with the kids. Well, and I know, too, like you said, it relates to, like, the basketball. Obviously, like, it relates to basketball. And just about every other, like, team sport you play with, like, you got to have communication. And, like, communication, yeah, people say, oh, I have tons of communication. I'm on my phone. I talk to my friends. <laughs> I'm, I'm on social media. That's, I mean, that is communication nowadays because we are in the 21st century now in 2018. The problem is, is, like, there's other types of communication, like face-to-face communication, like that helps you build, especially in the sports. And it's just not as it's not there as it used to be. Well, think about it in an aspect of just building relationships with people. Like, yeah. If I don't know how to, you know, comfortably have a conversation with you, I'm not going to build relations. Right. You know, and a lot, I don't want people to think that you have to like make friends and make relationships to get places in the world but the more people you know the more opportunities come to you yep. and it does happen in the world of sports as well yep when you're talking to whether it's you know managers or coaches or you know ceos of organizations or just referees or anyone yep. that's in the community of any sport yep the more relationships you make the more people you meet the more you talk and the more you know just you get around more it's a full circle type thing right well and you can like communications obviously is big in like social media now because you can do almost anything on social media nowadays and like you can dm people with like certain hashtags and you can literally talk to somebody across the world and get them to like sponsor your product or whatnot and just help you with like even give you knowledge of other things but like for instance like when we go to talk to an investor for our gym they're not going to talk to us business wise over the phone to a certain extent or via text message like they're gonna want to meet us in person for stuff like that or whether it's a video chat but yeah right so like nine times out of ten like things like that especially business and other things like that like you need to meet face to face and have that communication skill and then when it comes to those opportunities and those moments where you do meet people whether it's you know video chat related or you know in person your mannerisms as an individual as well if you don't know how to just you know, politely talk to someone in a respectful way without, you yep. know, moving your hands a bunch, you know, moving around, pacing, yep. picking your nose or whatever, scratching, yep. looking through your phone. Little things they pay it, attention yeah, to. Yeah, it's a lot. And uh, I think little, I, I think our younger, the, the the younger generation coming through, it, 
not just millennials, but the next generation after that, whether it's the Y gen or Z gen, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I think they're missing those little things. I don't think people are really emphasizing those little things anymore. Yep. Yeah, it's just not there. But I mean, yeah, we've. I mean, we definitely talked. We talked about the the whole aspect of the work and everything like that, but. The one thing I do kind of want to ask you, what your main objective is, is when you train these kids. I'm not talking about, like, the detail, because you put a lot of detail in these kids every single day that you train them. But I'm talking about, like, what's the main thing that you look as you approach the day? What What is the main objective that you want to see these kids get to at the end of your training session? So during a training session, it's kind of, like, structured in a way. We start, you know, with our basic, you know, static stretching and we kind of work our way into more dynamic movements and going a little bit faster pace and picking the speed up and loosening all our joints and everything and then you kind of do the workout the same way you know you start out a little bit slower we normally do ball handling and then get a little bit quicker then you're into some you know finishing around the poop touch stuff and floaters different offhand finishes off the glass different heights different spins different angles off different feet different approaches whether and then you kind of work your way out, and then you work your way into game situational stuff. But the main objective of a training session is to perfect whatever movements and things we're working on that day to become the best, not just the best player, but the best at those movements. Right. Because you're, you're practicing movements not just to implement right away, but these are movements that you're going to continuously work on right. over the next... Well, the incorporate next, them with other movements. Uh, right. And then you're also, every player is different. So yeah. when you approach and your objective with each client could be a little bit different. So my objective with a client that's, you know, maybe on a little bit of the slower side and his footwork's not the greatest, maybe the objective for that day is to kind of touch up his footwork, get him, you know, kind of a little bit more comfortable with the movements and, you know, gets more reps at it. So he kind of gets it down more. Yeah. You know, and then there's certain kids that the footwork's good with, you know, they got, they got that down, but it, maybe it's the hands or it's the body positioning or the weight distribution yep. we're talking about. So maybe we'll work on those aspects. And then it comes into just basketball movements and, you know, spots and when to be here and timing. There's so much into it. So there's not really an objective. It's just, I want the kids to work hard. And as soon as you're, you're not working hard for you, I'm really not invested into working either. Right. Because I want every kid that comes there, I don't want them to be pushed to the workout like it's torture. Right. I want the they, kid... You want them to, like, enjoy the grind. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. if I don't think you're enjoying it, like, yeah, you're going to have some days where you're not feeling it or... Right. It's going to be know, tougher than others. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the main objective is to get the best work you can in, pay attention and learn as much as you can, be a sponge. You know, have yep. your ears open, eyes open, mouth closed. Yep. You can't learn while you're talking. Exactly. All right. So a lot of things is maybe the things we're working on that day, you might not be comfortable with, but if we work on it more and more and more, you'll get comfortable with it. Yep. And there's certain things that you might not think are even going to be useful in your game, and that's going to be okay. Yep. But there's certain you know movements and footworks that if you don't get them down, you can't do certain movements later on in different situations. Right. And a lot, and a lot of people don't look at training that way, but, you know, like I said, when I first was playing, it was just scratching the surface, man. Right. You know, there's yeah. so, much, so much, more, much more into yeah, it. Yeah, so much more into this stuff. But yeah, I definitely like, uh, I, I can definitely just tell just by like, for everything you described and like, for me, like training with you, like kind of seeing how these kids work, like I can definitely see like the main objective really in general is just, just to put in that work and get better every day. Like that's just the, the obvious thing. Like you get better every day. As long as you put in the work, like you're going to get better and it's just how it is. But, um. I mean, that was, uh, that's, I, we definitely could talk more and more about like different types of things, but we definitely have time for that. I definitely want to kind of get some of the topics that we do have though. So I know we touched on this earlier about the cell phones, um, more so just like how they pick it up while you're, while they're training with you right. and, and just social media in general. But I want to talk about cell phones in the gym. Cause I mean, I go to the gym five days a week and I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I hit my cell phone once in a while just to check stuff. But I don't sit there for like five, ten minutes on a machine or whatever just to check my social media or whatever. If I'm on my phone most of the time, it's just to change a song. But I literally see people every day on their phones, on the squat rack for 30 minutes, half the time, or if not more, on their phone. Whether it's social media, talking to somebody or whatever. Like, there's just no need for that. I, My personal opinion on it would be that 
phones, obviously, like, people use it for music and stuff like that. Like, yeah, like, if you're texting someone now and then, like, between a set, maybe you can go ahead and hit them up real quick. But, I mean, not just the fact that, obviously, like, you get a better workout if you're not on your phone because you're kind of into your workout. But a lot of people now, nowadays, they see it kind of ignorant when you're just sitting at a machine on your phone. And you're not really there. Like, you're wasting more time on your phone than you are actually working out. Right. So... Like I like I said before, I've definitely had clients where as soon as they're done with the set, boom, right to the phone, yep. swipe, 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 whatever. Now, I don't think gyms, or I don't think cell phones in the gym is such a bad idea. I don't think, like, we should have, like, a rule, like, oh, no cell phones. No, definitely not, yeah. But, you know, I do think for certain individuals, that can be distractions, but that's all based on the individual. You're yep. you're going to the gym anyways. You pay for your monthly membership. Yep. You know, you, so... There's you're wasting now, your the, time. You're wasting your time. Yeah. But, you know, if you're there to work on your body and for health and whatever the reasoning is why you're in the gym, don't you want to, like, maximize that time? Yep. Now, sure, you know, sometimes, there, I think there's scientific proof. I don't know for sure, but music does help certain individuals. I think it does yeah. pump me up. Yeah. I think there's it's definitely... It's that motivation mo- factor. Yeah, it's definitely like, you know, you hit that one song and you hit that one little chorus, that one verse, and you know if you're, you're benching or whatever, you're squatting, you know you hear that... A little line, you might be able to pop out two more. If you, yep. Now, some of that's mental, you yep. know. Now, you know, certain people are a little bit more mentally tough, and they can fight through that stuff without that. But then there's other people that, you know, that they have to like have the music. They have to have their music. They have to have it. Yeah. But now, when it comes to where you're sitting down on a machine, yeah. And I see, like, maybe it's a machine I may I might be waiting for as well because yeah. there's there's a lot of gyms, but there's not always a lot of squat racks. Yeah. Maybe there's a four or five people that want to work legs maybe that you're day. in the middle of the day and you're it's chest day and you're trying to get a, a good uh, bench press in but there's five people there and three of them are on their cell phones and you're just waiting so when it comes to that aspect i do think that maybe time wise on a machine you should be limited to just like on treadmills yeah i see a lot of gyms now you know 20 minutes max on the treadmill yep now how how long do you truly need to be on that bench for to do your five to maybe eight sets yeah because if that if that yep. you know there's some people that do four sets three sets you know maybe yep. they're doing higher reps but you know at the most i think people would you know whether it's a pyramid you know set lift or you're, whether you're doing burnouts at the end drop sets whatever yeah, whatever yeah there's definitely you no know, going to be extended times where you might be spending more than 10 to 15 minutes on a, on a machine but let's be real you can get your stuff done in 10 to 15 minutes yeah yeah you don't definitely. need all that time i don't need yeah. to see you on a squat rack for 30 minutes and me go through six different exercises and then come back and you still on that same squat exactly rack. now i it's all up to you like you're spending time but when it comes to waiting for machines i do think there needs to be almost like a time limit i don't think there needs to be fucking a timer next to right. every machine ding ding ding, ding. <laughs> all right you gotta get off i don't think that it doesn't need to be to that extent but i do think people need to take a little bit more consideration to others, you know. Yeah, see, and that's the one thing, like, I kind of see now. Certain points, obviously, like, you're there at midnight and there's nobody in the gym. You can do whatever you want. Like, that's cool. That I'm not really worried about uh, under my kind of aspect of it because I am a trainer, like, so, like, I look at it differently. So I look at it as, like, so just say you do a set and you sit for, like, 10 minutes on the phone and you go into your next set. First of all, you're not going to want to do that next set because you're going to be tired. Second, for, like, next you're just going to be sitting there and you're going to be lifting up the, those weights and maybe you only do, like, seven seven reps because you can't do your ten. But then, at the other point of that, you're also, like, you're not gaining the strength. You're losing strength. And at that point as well, like, you're just not getting the total results you could possibly get when you're doing the workout. So, as a trainer, if I'm training you, like, I definitely don't like the whole cell phone thing, kind of like how you, like, ban it from yours. But... I feel like at some point you got to kind of think like these people pay for their gym memberships. You go to the gym and they sit on their phones and they don't have the, they don't get the full potential of their workout in and they st- still seem not to really care. And like, then they complain that they, Oh, well, I'm it's not, not working. Yeah. I'm not feeling <laughs> the pump or I'm not looking as good as I want to. Well, there's a reason for that. Not because I'm not even saying, I'm not even going to the diet thing. That's a whole other story, but you're sitting there for 10 minutes on your phone between sets and you're there for 30 minutes on that one machine, and it doesn't do anything for you. Yeah, that's, that comes back to getting your maximum, you know, out of your gym time. So right. if you're going there and you know you're not going to give it all your all you've got, so you're not going to expect those results. But then when it comes time where you want results, you can't be you can't be mad. Nope. Like it's you did it. To Gotta yourself. be consistent. You get you did it to yourself. So it's really just if you're mentally tough enough, 
you know, I definitely would stay away from the, the phone. But I do find myself... But I, I look at my phone a little bit differently than other people look at their yeah. phone. I don't go on social media to look at who's hot, what's yeah. trending, what's going well, viral. Well, let's see if my friend posted stuff on Instagram today. But majority of the people I follow are other people in the basketball community. So yeah. whether it's me, you know, looking at what they're doing or whether it's uh, I'm looking at coaches from different teams or whether it's NBA stuff and NBA workouts or NBA open runs and stuff like that, I'm trying to make little reads and off of just footwork. Right. By, like, just different things, like... Maybe that combo is a little bit different than a combo I've worked on. And, yep. You know, there's so many different things to just becoming. Just there's so it's there's so much to it, man. Yeah. You just always have to be working. You always have to have your eyes open, ready to learn, ready to pick up new things because you never know it all. But it's really the intent is kind of what we're getting at. It's like the intent of the use of the cell phone. Like, don't go on on Instagram, Facebook, scanning through your pages and seeing if my best friend just posted this about me or if someone's yeah, you talking can do about that me or whatever. On, you can do that after the gym. Exactly. While you're drinking your protein shake or your recovery drink. Exactly. Or do, you can do that before your workout when you're drinking your... Do your, that when you're cooled out or something yeah. or whatever. Just don't do it while you're lifting weights. Like, or while I you're mean, on the treadmill or something. It, or it's okay bike. if you have the time and there's nobody in the gym, but like... Try to maximize your workouts, like get the work in, then you, that way you don't complain about why you don't look good yeah. or why you don't feel good, because that is probably one of the reasons, not all the reasons, but one of the reasons why. Now, aside from this, the cell phone back, the cell phone whole thing, let's let's go into sports, because I mean, I definitely want to talk about because you're really big into basketball. I'm into basketball, really big. We even talk about the NBA real quick. Not too much in depth, but over the past five, even seven, eight years, like we've seen a huge shift. Um, not necessarily like in a whole, but the last three years has been really big, especially with Golden State Warriors um, and these super so-called super teams. Um, obviously, like the NBA's changed, um, people say oh, it's a new era, blah blah blah. I really think it's not really the NBA as a whole; it's the players that made it happen. So you got players like like Boogie Cousins, and you got Anthony Davis, these big guys that can shoot the ball. Then you got someone like Steph Curry, point guard best shooter I think I've ever seen in my entire life. This guy can hit from anywhere, yet they're saying, oh, well, he's not a good point guard. But he averages six, seven assists a game. He leads his team, and he can and he hits all these clutch shots. Like, he's literally, like, an epitome of what – I'd say he's a top three point guard in the league at the, the max. Like, he might could, he could be top two or even number one. Now, that's just my opinion. But, I mean, from my outlook of it, he's definitely one of the players that changed it. I definitely would say LeBron definitely changed a lot of it too. Not really with the shooting part, but the whole the whole all around game thing. Because you start seeing these players now, like Kevin Durant, like lethal score. Like he's definitely like averaged his uh, assists and rebounds up more and more um, as his years progress. Anthony Davis, another one like triple double. Like Russell well, Westbrook, triple double machine. Well, when you think about it, the game isn't just elevating from a skill standpoint and from a play style standpoint. Like I get, you know, Steph has kind of exploited three-point three point shooting. Right. And now, like, Houston and Dan Tony. It's the whole analytics. There's a lot that goes into it. There's so many numbers. There's yep. so many different percentages and off of different, you know, stats and, you know, spots and movements and, you know, times and whether the shot clock is sooner, later, whatever. Yeah. Whether the defense is playing a zone, a man. Yeah, the Dan Tony thing, the first six seconds, shoot your shot. So, yeah, let's, let's take – now, Golden State's definitely changed the way a lot of teams have looked at play style. So, yep. you know, you know, running down, you know, getting shots quicker in the shot clock, you know, taking more three-pointers, you know, cleaning up the boards and being efficient and playing solid defense. Now, other teams, like, you have to be a full package, you know. Yep. And also on top of that, you know, add four all-stars to a roster. Yeah. And they're all able to do all those things. It's going to be tough. So then other people are going to have to change their play styles to find ways to beat that. Yep. And just like how Houston has, you know, D'Antoni's always been, you know, a pretty offensively heavy, you know, he's kind of wanted to shoot the ball right. a lot. Quick shots. So he's got a bunch of, you know, players that can do those things. And he's yep. made a roster that definitely, you know, it's suited for that. They so, compete. Yeah. And... So let's be honest. If they would have hit some three pointers, Golden State would have been in a bad situation. If it bad wasn't for that, that historically bad three point game, three point shooting game for Game Seven, they probably could have. Even I mean, you could say Chris Paul wasn't there. That's a big thing. But if even if it wasn't for the that, what did they shoot two for thirty something like? So yeah. So let's terrible. say let's say they shoot a league average of what? What's the league average in the NBA? Like probably like mid thirties, low thirties. It's probably lower thirties for yeah. an entire team shooting. So. Yeah. 
if they even shot the league minimum, yep, they would have won the series. So when it comes to the basketball changes, it's definitely changing, and people are being a little bit more open to that three point line, taking a, a huge volume number of shots behind it. But it's also changing other in the other you know basketball levels as well, whether it's college, overseas, uh, whether it's semi pro professionally, you know, in the states, there's other leagues, um, and, uh, high school and middle school, you know. Everyone wants to shoot the long ball, man. Yep. But let's be real. The when I first was coaching freshmen, majority of the shots we took were three pointers because my freshman kids aren't going to shoot layups nope. that well, and the three pointers are going to be more open for us. So technically, for the teams I've had, it's not like we were gifted with height, right? So we kind of had to like live off of that stuff. So you know, it's definitely based off of your players that you have. Easier and your to personnel. get the shot off, and it's a little bit different because you know. Um, it's hard. It's bad to say, but kids don't make layups. No, it's, it's not as easy as people. It's, it's not that it's not easy because it is, but a lot of kids don't put the time in, man. You right. Know? So you know when you get into that, you get the ball right there. You might be shaking, sweaty a little bit. That you're gonna shoot a little bit short, a little bit long. Yep. By the way, there's five other people trying to stop you. Exactly. So, so it's a little bit different. But another thing I've seen that's changed in the NBA that you know these longer, taller guys that used to be just down low like let's hand them the ball let's let them back down like Shaq and yeah all, even with Dwight but now good. these guys are able to handle the rock they're able to shoot they got some real craftiness into their mid post game the low post game whether it's you know pick and pop situations pick and roll situations yeah everyone's getting so skilled at so many different things that it's it's crazy like LeBron has changed the game if you're a six eight it's not okay for you just to be a wing that slashes nope. or catches and shoots you gotta nope. be able to be a full package Everything. now now look at it, the Greek freak, the Greek freak's little brother, man. Yeah, you know Ben Simmons. You know, people are getting Kevin taller. Kevin Durant, people, almost seven foot. People are taller, longer, and they're doing things that the shorter guys are doing. So guess what, short guys, y'all got to get in the gym and y'all got to work ten times as hard as those big guys because yep. what they do, they can they can make they mistakes. They can do what they do. Yeah, they, they can, can do mistakes. what you do. Ben Simmons is still going to be an all star player, and he can't really shoot the rock yep. from past you know eighteen twenty feet. If he got a shot, it's over. That's it's it's and he's what six nine six ten yes at least man there's Embiid another yeah. thing man he seven was he seven two it's just so much man these these guys are so long so big so skilled it's tough if you're like under six feet y'all I'm sorry it's tough, it's tough. man you like remember when tough. remember when you used to see like Nate Robinson look at Isaiah Thomas Nate you Robinson can, can't even get a spot on a nothing. team anymore and he, he's working exactly like, he's one of the guys he's I follow good. on Instagram he's always working he's still good at his now, age now he probably shouldn't have tried going to the NFL and nah, doing that little stunt that yeah. probably definitely hurt his just his years I think it, that his hurt younger his, I think it hurt his credibility a little bit too I don't know if it hurt his credibility but it definitely hurt his opportunity of using those years to play basketball oh definitely yeah but you know he's a freak in nature he jumps high boy he's got close to probably a 45 to a 50 inch vertical probably somewhere in that range he's also a fitness freak man he yep. is a, just a monster when it comes to lifting working out his body's always kept right He's always putting his kids in the right. He's a great kind of role model to look at. You know, he puts his kids in the right spots and situations to be, you know, be successful in their sports. You know, he's not a, a dad that just pushed basketball either. His One of his sons played football. One of his sons played soccer as, as well as they play basketball. I think they've both gone to more of a basketball uh, sport love and, like, pride for it now. But, you know, they're working out all day. But they weren't training like crazy. They just started training now, and they're, like, nine years old. Yeah. So, you know, kids are starting young, man. They are. I mean, like, what's crazy is, like, talking about Isaiah Thomas, like, remember when he was in Boston, he was talking about, I'm going to back the Br- – you guys are going to back the Brinks truck up and pay me six figures here with six six figures in the millions. But then he got hurt, and they're saying, oh, well, he got hurt. He never was fully healthy. I kind of understand that. But at the same time, like, the guy's under six feet. Like, you don't see anybody under six feet anymore that can dominate or even play at that level anymore. Like, they just, it's just not there. And, and people that are that height, guess what? They got to work themselves so hard that they get yep. hurt. Exactly. It, it's Taking care of your body is a huge part as well. Like, I know, like, ESPN has said it. LeBron spends one point, whatever, Like, million, 1.4 million a year, a year on, his, on body. his body. Now that does incorporate... His nutrition, right? His, all his, his personal trainer, chef, his trainer, trainers, all that stuff. 
whether it's a guy that comes to his house, a guy he meets at a gym, a guy yep. that he hires over wherever he's traveling to or someone that he hires to go with him, someone that's on the phone, that you just talks don't, to him daily. And you start seeing people following that. People are starting to get into these, like, fitness facilities, like these inner training and, like, P3 sports science, these places like that. They're, 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 these NBA players, NFL trainers are training crazy now. Yeah, like, everyone's realizing that, you know. Gotta stay just, in shape. Just because you made it. And you work with the team doesn't mean you're gonna stay there. Doesn't mean it stops. Yeah. It doesn't stop. It doesn't. You gotta continue to put your work in. These, it's just the skill. It's almost more important to grind in the years you're there than it is to get there because once you're there, you don't always. You only have a certain window to right. to be in there to be the best at what you can be. So once you get to that age, like LeBron's defying the odds right now is what 15th season, like or 16th season. But I mean, it's just crazy how. Like, yeah, he's a freak of nature, but there's other athletes that are just as athletic as he is and have that possibility. Like, yep. like Greek freak. Like, he probably is be the next one to be at that level for that sustained period. Definitely. If he continues to work and he takes care of his body. Like, a lot of it, you know, people do get hurt, man. Yeah. Injuries is a part of the game. Just like, you know, making missing shots is part of the game. Yep. It happens, you know. And there's definitely things you can do to, you know, either avoid them or put yourself in the best situation so it doesn't happen. But you have to put the time in again. You know, you have to be willing to make the sacrifice of, I'm not going to go watch this movie. I'm not going to go out to this club tonight. I'm not going to go get drinks with the boys or the girls or whatever. I'm not going to go hang out with my friends. I'm going to go in and get some extra work. Put the work in. I'm going to wake up a little bit earlier, Get go to the gym. Yep. You know, school starts at, what, 7.05 here for high schoolers? Yep. You know, LA Fitness opens at 5 a.m. I know your coaches, if you asked them, they would show up early. Oh, yeah. All right. So how many kids do you think are doing that? Zero. Definitely not as much as needs Zero. to be. I, I don't think there's many kids in many programs. I so don't if you see took, many. If you took every program, you asked the coach, hey, coach, how many kids come up to you and ask you if they can get in the gym early or stay later? You might get some of the kids that aren't really on the program. They're like, hey, coach, can I work? Can I get Can I get better, man? What do I need to do? And there's definitely kids out there, and it's you love to see that, man. You yep. love it. That's how, but, that's how it has to be. But you don't get the kids that you should be seen right like your top players the ones that have that potential yeah. they don't bring they're not the ones that. that are trying to get in the gym man you watch these documentaries like kids they sit on their phones all day watch youtube videos of day in the life of this guy yep. you know you think zion williamson just became the athlete he did because if i recall correctly he was like six feet tall as a freshman yep. he was a point guard he wasn't just sitting there watching youtube videos of lebron he was actually going out there and like doing was, things yeah, that he, he needs working. to do he was working man yeah. he was he was in the gym. It's all about the lab. The he was crafting up. He was grinding. Whatever whatever term you like to use, he was doing it. Yep. Just like everyone else, man. You think Ben Simmons got to where he was today? No. Where'd he go? Montverde. You know what they do there? They live, breathe basketball. You don't yep. do anything but basketball. Yep. That's his life. Man, shoot. Lehigh went to the Montverde Invitational two years ago. One of our players, he, uh, he was so excited after the game or something like that. I forget who he played. We played Montverde. We we played them pretty close in the first half. You know, Montverde took took control of the game in the second half. Uh, they won by twenty, which isn't too bad of a loss to Montverde, but it's, it's still it's still pretty, a loss. It's still a twenty point yeah. loss. Like there's nothing great about a twenty point loss, but when you're Lehigh and you're the one of the top teams in Southwest Florida, but Montverde is one of the top teams in the nation. Yeah, and you stay with them for a half, and you're giving them fits. It's another level. But you know, at some point, just their overall height and size, and you know, skill and just, just the, the ability, overall ability. The best, the the worst player in their team could probably be the best player in our team. So, right. you know, being able to play with them for a half and showing our kids, like, hey, you work hard, you do the right things, you listen to what we're doing, you make, and you, you know, give it your all out there. You can play with any team, but it's hard to play with any team for a whole game. You right. Can play with any team for a half. It's a long game. It's a long game, though. So. But yeah, so definitely. Uh, I mean, there's definitely more topics we can get into the NBA, but season's going to be starting here within the next month and a half, starting with the preseason game, so we'll definitely get more into that. And one more thing I do want to bring up before we uh, call it quits here for the day are the uh, big contracts we've seen in the NFL this past week. Uh, you got Khalil Mack uh, getting traded first from the Raiders. He got traded from the Raiders to the Bears. Then he got a new contract in six years, 141 mil, with $90 million guaranteed. You just don't see that nowadays, and you haven't seen that, like, at all lately. And talking about the NFL, because, I mean, you see that in these other sports like MLB and, and uh, NBA, but NFL is just unheard of. Aaron Rodgers finally getting the money he deserves with the four-year 134 and then $67 million guaranteed and 80 by the, the, end of the end of the season. 
So, I mean, these players, they definitely deserve it. And you're starting to see more and more get them. I think uh, Odell Beckham was another one, just a really high-paid wide receiver, the highest yeah, he, in the game. $70 million or Yeah, that, $70 right? mil guaranteed. So, I mean, these guys are definitely getting their contracts. I personally believe they should be getting more just because of what they do with their bodies in line. I know it has a lot to do with TV deals and just the overall uh, contracts that they have with the uh, CBA and the Player Association and everything like that. But I definitely in my opinion, think that this should have happened years ago. It's starting to happen now, but you're going to see a lot of these players miss out on their opportunities to make money. And you've seen all these players get cut now because season starts next week. And it's just one of those things. Like, I I've used to follow football a lot. I don't follow nearly as much as I used to, but I try to. I just know, like, a lot a lot goes into it. You put your bodies on, on the line. And it's just one of those things you got to be really careful with. And these players definitely deserve the money. I don't know what you think, but I think they deserve the money. Uh, when it comes to a professional athlete, you, I mean, you make your contract. So you you decide to go to that sport. You know what professionals make. You know, professionals do make quite a bit amount of money. Now, when it comes to pay, like, there's only a few sports, I think, that are underpaid. Like, I think women NBA, yep. WNBA, I think Definitely. they're underpaid. Yep. But when it comes to the NFL, if you're getting paid millions, man, to play a sport, take, like, you, there's not really hey, it's much money. you can complain, yeah, it's, man. It's like, definitely money. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. But when it comes to the, the owners and, you know, the other companies that they're making money off these players, yep. now if they're making so much extra, then the players should be making more money. Well, but if... The owners aren't making crazy amounts of money. Let's uh-huh. say the owners aren't making, like the players, NFL players. I don't know what the average is, but any NBA players are getting paid big money. Big now, money. Man. Like shoot, Matthew Delladova isn't anything nothing like, crazy, but he got paid sixty some million or something like that. Yeah, or forty, fifty. It was something crazy for his player. Yeah, for a player like him. But then you got Steph Curry in, what was it, $300 million? Yeah. A little bit over that. And then James Harden got a little bit higher than that. And I believe there's a few others now that have gotten a little higher than that. So, you know, whatever that the organization and, you know, the league can afford to pay these players, I think they should be getting paid as much as they can afford to pay them. See, like, I, I definitely think, like, obviously compared to other professions, like, yeah, the money is crazy for just to play a sport, and, like, people are obviously blessed to get paid for doing something they love. But, I mean, if you compare it to other sports like the NBA and MLB, like, these NFL players, like, Roger Goodell gets paid $32 million a year to do nothing. Like, most of these players don't make that even close a year, not especially guaranteed money. Well, I don't know if, like, when you talk about the head of the league and you're talking about whether it's, you know, the NBA uh, you know, commissioner, commissioner yeah. NFL commissioner, MLB commissioner, I don't know what they do, all right? Yeah. And I don't know much Obviously, about yeah. what they do, but they get paid, you know, to do their jobs. As long as they're doing their jobs and that amount of money is, you know, worth what they do for yep. the league... I, it's worth it then. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't complain. Like, you're doing your job. The league's making money. Yeah. I can't complain if you're getting paid $30 million, but the league's making, you know, quite a bit of prof- the leagues are definitely The, the yeah. leagues are definitely making money, in, so, especially in football and basketball. I really can't complain. Like, if everyone's making money and, you know, there might be certain sports that do get underpaid. Like, I think hockey, I believe, is underpaid, but I don't think turnouts are as big as NBA and NFL games. So, right. you got to take it. Like, if your audience base can only bring in so much revenue then the companies and the organizations can only afford to pay the players so much and the league can afford to pay the players so right if the leagues you know you know going through the roof like the nba is they're able to pay their players more if the nfl is dropping in ratings they're not getting as many people probably the nfl players are going to get paid less right but as you know the dollar loses its value in america you know prices keep going up whether it's based off of tv deals or whatever advertisements and right you know, ownerships whether they can give a certain percentage or whatever if they're capped out or not it's all depend on the league and their their situations and their circumstances so i really can't say you know you're getting paid too much or you're not getting paid enough I mean, you're all getting paid pretty crazy you're paid millions you're getting paid millions, millions to play, to play sports, sports. yeah right? so i mean you really shouldn't have much to complain about i mean if an injury comes up and like it affects your life that sucks like it does definitely man. like yeah. it happens too but I guess you took that risk to get paid millions to play a sport as well. So you took yep. you took that. They took the risk. They took the risk of uh, one injury could take it all away as well. Yep. 
But I mean, definitely, like, at the end of the day, it all has to do with just the contracts that they sign. Like, they have player associations, they sign the contracts, they know what they're getting into. So yeah. at the end of the day, like, they made their own bed, they have to lie in it. So until the next contract signing has to come up, they got to live with it. So these players that say they, they're like Le'Veon Bell, you got to hold out, I'm not going to play, blah, blah, blah. You get paid for what the market is going to pay you. So, so yeah, at the end of the day, you just have to just be blessed that you can get paid to play a sport that you love and just uh, roll with the punches and see where it takes you. Just try to stay healthy and just work hard and do the best you can. But uh, that'll do it for this podcast. I uh, appreciate Cody Cody King for finally coming on and being a full-time member. He's going to be uh, my co-host on this podcast. And we really look forward to talking about more topics, getting more people in here on interviews. Definitely have a lot more to talk about between him. Even with uh, with Tim Sipper from last week, I want to talk more about uh about what he goes through and stuff like that. His time at LA Fitness, some stories he might might be able to give us. Have a couple people might be able to get again a really good athlete athlete interview next week, and uh, I guess we'll see what happens. I got to talk to some people, but uh, yeah, I hope everyone has a great Labor Day uh, rest of your weekend. Uh, I know I got tomorrow off, but I'm gonna be working. I'm always working. I know Cody's working. We got training tomorrow, so uh, you guys enjoy. Be safe, and we will see you next Sunday on fitness and stuff. Thanks for listening. Have a good one, guys.